What's going on, everybody out there? It is your host, Brandon Satinfield, a.k.a. Satty Patty, and welcome to yet another episode of Counter Left. Today, on this episode, I got my main man, one of my main men, Randall. He's coming back on the show. So stoked to have him back on. Randall, say what's up. Hey, what's going on, everybody? So glad to be back again. Dude, love doing these podcasts, man. You know, as far as learning a new craft... I'm having fun with it, dude, and uh, I'm excited to keep creating new content and learning uh, about new people and new things. And uh, one of the main topics, I guess, uh, that I wanted to pick your brain about was uh, your love for film and, you know, TV shows. And you you know a lot about the culture of what film and um, what TV is all about. And in my personal opinion, I, I like to think that I... I enjoy the entertainment arts probably more than I know about them. Yeah. Um, it's probably why I, I really like watching documentaries a lot, because, and it's just something, I guess, educational things, period, because I always want to learn more and more. Um, yeah. There are a lot of things, at least documentaries, about certain directors and things like that that give me insight um, into, like, I guess, their per- like how they were when they were making certain things and what was going on in their life, which also helps kind of give you perspective in terms of, like, why they made that movie, why it's the way it is, and then also kind of gives you a greater appreciation for it, too. Definitely. And um, But I guess specifically in this episode, we were kind of wanted to touch on, uh, you know, everybody out there that's just chilling at the house, you know, having all these uh, streaming services out there. And there are a ton of them now. There's a ton of them Some that are even new since we've been in lockdown, so. Yeah. Yeah, It's been about four months. Pretty much, yeah. Four months now. Yeah, we're getting into that four-month range. But, um, like, a lot of new movies coming out that are supposed to, at least. Yeah, there there was a lot. Like, we're we're still missing a lot of movies that were supposed to come out in March, of course, Mm -hmm. when everything started shutting down. And they were then again rescheduled for July and then push back again until August. Mm-hmm. So, like, so on it, and so it, forth. Yeah, and it, it'll probably get pushed back again because there's just no way with... It, it, at this point, I don't even know why they're... Like, the only reason they aren't releasing the movies like for everyone else to see around the world is strictly because we are the biggest market when it comes to movies and how much money can be made mm-hmm. for a movie. Uh, so there's just no way around it in terms of if they want to actually make money on the movie that they had to spend all this money on the film and then also on marketing and because it's just so much more expensive to make a movie these days than it was say 20 30 years ago yeah uh, so it it's just it's not profitable for them right now to release those movies and then some movies have just gone straight to streaming services, as we've seen with Disney, like Artemis Fowl that was supposed to come out in May, just went straight to Disney Plus and it was uh, awesome. in July. I enjoyed uh, that. Also, you know, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. No, no, it, it. For me, like I can understand why. Like, if have you read the books? Yeah, I did Fowl? read the books. Um, um, I I didn't. Um, they had to like crunch it all together, you know. Well, that's that's the thing. Like they, like how many of the books were crunched the first two books together? But by doing so for the movie, they also changed how, like, the plot of the books as well. Mm -hmm. And they kind of really, honestly, Disneyfy it, like they do with a lot of other things, and made it just not what the books are. 
Like right. they changed the characters' premises altogether, mm-hmm. and that's uh, what I was saying. They kind of had to like, you know, crunch some parts together. But I think they didn't have to. Like they to, could uh, they could have played it out better, um, but they just didn't. So it's one of those things where I think uh, the like it's a it's a good movie. It's fun. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was fun. I think it it serves Disney better being on their streaming service. So like for me, that's a movie that does like it works better for them to have put it out than, say, Mulan. I agree. Or even... Yeah, man. Uh, Mulan was a big hit. Yeah, like, the fact that they big put Onward on industry. Disney Plus as quickly as they did, like, not even, like, probably a month after it was released in theaters because it was released and then everything started shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that was fascinating to me, but that movie really, like, it deserved the, the audience to be able to see it. So it right. made sense. Um, Mulan too, but they really they spent a lot of money on it, and it it looks like it's going to be what the other live action Disney movies yeah. probably should have been. Yeah, and it's going to look fantastic. I think it, like they're doing a straight up martial arts like I, like Chinese. We've talked about this film. before. I don't think a lot of Mulan fans are gonna be prepared for the movie that they're about to go see. I think I think they Disney has done a good job of temp, like tempering expectations for people that are excited for it by coming out like right out of the gate and saying, "Hey, there's no Mushu in this." Yeah. "Hey, we're not singing." Some people I know are firm believers that uh, Mushu is going to be in the film and I'm just like, "Dude, come on." It's yeah, it's, it's there's it's no not, reason for it. like they're changing the, the character like they're giving you more of the traditional like Chinese version of the story, um, which I believe is, and and then on top of that, using an a, like actual Chinese cast and doing it the way it should be done. Right. Um, I think they they they're doing a really good job with it, and I can't wait to see that. Nor uh, can I. I can't so, wait to see it. Yeah. It, it was, I love Chinese film. And it, yeah, and it's, it's, great. it's going to be, it's going to be something spectacular to see, and I, I think that will be something that deserves to be seen in a theater. Like there, there's some movies that you just don't need to see in a theater, and some that I believe deserve that big screen, even if people aren't going to see it. Like being able to see a movie in that type of like format, yeah. um, to me, is still something special, and it's something that you don't really get to do just sitting at home watching it on yeah. TV. And it's still relevant to that type of uh, film. Yeah, very very much so. Like, um, the like, movies are made to be seen on a big screen. Like, they're it's a big it's a big screen. Like, for a reason. Like, that's how they were presented for the longest time. Um, and like, sometimes movies just can't like Endgame. Like, that movie doesn't it doesn't get as much justice on your TV at home as it will like seeing it in the yeah. biggest Endgame. Like, it's such a good movie. I'm just saying, like, certain movies deserve that type of treatment. Like, not every movie. Like, indie films, like, we watched Blind Spotting today. Like, that doesn't need to be in a theater. No. But being but in a theater, you know, of course, it's going to be a better The Alamo would for show you. it. We, we did. We, we sold it. Did we? Oh, yeah. Okay. That was one of our first movies when we opened that year. Hmm. Um, it, was, it was pretty popular, like, because we kind of specialized in showing indie films and bringing that to areas that don't really have a, a large crowd to be able to come see those type of movies and then right. we special like make specials for them and kind of push them to like hey come come see a movie with us it might be a little outside your comfort zone but but guess what it's, you'll walk out uh, of the reason like that we're showing it person. it's more of a it's more of a we're, we're giving you a, an experience yeah. not blind like, spiders was a really good movie oh yeah we watched it earlier and that shit was fire 
again. Dobby Diggs is just fantastic. Which yeah. brings me to another Being thing that, that came out recently. Hamilton. Hamilton. I mean, it's anybody okay. out there that like is a fan of Hamilton, I mean, all right, do you, man? Like that, I understand do why you you like, you, you don't just really not for me. you it's just don't do musicals, right? Like that's not really your thing, or. Sure. But you know, I, I enjoy musicals. You know, High School Musical is my. My jam, like that, which is which is interesting because like if you can enjoy that, but like, you, like know. you should. I feel like you should would be able to enjoy that once it actually gets into the story. Um, yeah, like, I guess they just never gave it a chance. Well, there's, but it's not. It's, there's also like there's some big number songs in there that don't really get started until about twenty minutes in, and then like it kind of just keeps going and yeah. rolling. Um, I mean, and then it brushes through. But like it's a it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of controversy now that it's come out on Disney Plus after all this time like people are saying it's not really relevant anymore that we need to take a look at these people that they're glorifying closer which I don't really think that the play is glorifying any of the people Um, now is there any like big big stars on this uh, Hamilton yeah like the whole cast you know like people that like I guess, but layman's who aren't familiar in that field of uh, theater. Well, at this point, like it's written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Like he is no idea who that is. We'll see. Like he he wrote the songs for Moana. Like he he did Mary Poppins Returns. He he's uh, the damn. See, he's I, like the second. Like he, he's basically owned by. I'm Disney sure a lot now. of other After, people don't either. They bought Hamilton for like eighty million bucks, which is why I bring Randall on the show. Uh, but he, he gives me insight. He's been, yeah. like, he also came out with another play that like won awards before Hamilton, which is In the Heights, which was supposed to have a movie come out this summer, which looks spectacular, yeah. but won't be out until next summer now uh, because did, I don't know who's releasing it, but they decided to just wait until next year to be able to uh, give that full summer yeah. experience uh, while watching it, okay. which saddens me because a lot of people have been waiting for that because it came out in like, 2006, 2008, somewhere around there. Um, and then they did that for six years and, and while he was working on that. And then six years. Yeah. And then they worked crazy, on And man. then they did Hamilton. Um, and then they probably toured that for two years before he, they brought in the next cast. And then he went on to start writing uh, songs for Mary Poppins and Moana for Disney. So, do you hear the fucking. The AC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear that in the cut. We'll oh see, man, we'll see. We'll but see. Um, so yeah, uh, what else do we want to get into on this episode? I know you had some things jotted down over there. Um, I mean, talk about some uh, streaming devices, pandemic streaming. Yeah. So, like, any uh, new so things coming out on these streaming devices? Yeah, we got a, a few things. Uh, there's a movie called Palm Springs that's coming out on Hulu. Uh, I want to say it's pr- relatively soon. I want to say it's probably Friday, actually. This Friday. This Friday. Um, it's cool. uh, with Andy Samberg. It's basically kind of a similar premise to Groundhog Day in terms of like you're, he's stuck in a loop, living, um, living like a day in his life, and but he's also now stuck in this loop with uh, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, um, but she was the mother in How I Met Your Mother, like the eventual mother. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And then she's she's done a few other things as well. Uh, it, TV and movies, yeah. and then said so, like, and she's, re- like, she's really funny. Uh, she's a good actress. 
So I think like, it'll be a good dynamic to watch them kind of play off of each other because uh, he's kind of just been in this loop for so long that he's just carefree, relaxed, doesn't care, yeah. and doesn't even think – he's not even trying to get out of it anymore because it's just been for so long, and he knows it's going to repeat. He doesn't care anymore. Um, yeah, so all your nef- all, all my Netflix for. fans out there, you know. Uh, yeah, so Palm Springs, I, I think it's something interesting to look out for. Uh then there's also something that should be coming. I want to say it's coming at the end of this month, but it might be a little bit later. Um, an American Pickle, American uh, which pickle. looks really, really super weird. If anyone's seen Swiss Army Man um, with Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Paul, Paul Dano, uh, it's, I think it's going to be kind of something similar to that. It's basically uh, starring Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen. and Seth Rogen. <laughs> like, it's him, he's playing it, two characters? Well, he, yeah, he's playing his like great great-grandfather and okay. like a modern version of someone in his family yeah um, but basically th- this guy in the past um that Seth Rogen's playing falls into a vat of pickle juice and becomes pickled for a hundred years and then they <laughs> somehow okay. bring him out and then they introduce him to his family and all of this um, I guess you'll have to light one for uh, that movie. Yeah, it, it's 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 a going to be a really weird movie, but it, it looks very interesting. Like I said, if you're probably if you're a fan of Swiss Army Man, it'll probably be something like that. I don't think right I've seen Swiss Army Man. It's right over there. It was one of the. Apparently, I'm looking at a massive wall of movies and uh, TV shows. It's insane. Yeah, so it, it it was just a really really weird movie um, where Paul Dano is basically uh, trucking around through the woods with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who is a dead body. Um, he, he plays a dead body the entire movie. And Damn. like he has like special magical powers that help Paul Dana's character to survive uh, throughout the movie. Whoa. Like he turns him into like a, like a speed boat to get across, like using his farts to get across the water. <laughs> like it, it's, it's ex- Sounds like a wacky, oh, wacky it's movie. Very, very weird and wacky, but it was nominated for Oscars, like for performances, and hmm. like, it, it, it's a check it's that a one very, out. It was a very interesting uh, movie, and I think like this American Pickle from which will be on HBO Max, which is it if HBO people haven't Max. known, uh, like it's a new streaming service I that came HBO out Max. towards the end of May. It is the first streaming service to be able to get the collection of fresh prints Dude. of Bel Air on it. Already finished entirety. it. Um, and after all these years, it's finally hit a streaming service. It's probably the best sitcom ever. Eh, debatable. In my humble opinion. Uh, th- yeah, it's, w- it's definitely one of the better Dude, sitcoms. For, like, I would say it's definitely a top 10 sitcom so um, for in American culture um, overall. It's great. Like, I'd put it up there with like I Love Lucy and Roseanne. Sure. Um, Roseanne was funny. Roseanne's I, w- it, I was glad when they uh, put that on Nick at Night. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. it's on Amazon Prime still, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the first nine seasons, uh, you might be able to find season ten still on Hulu, but they probably removed it by the at this point uh, for the Connors. And I don't even know if they made season ten available for purchase, like per home media, if you wanted to own it, which kind of sucks because it really was it, season ten was pretty pretty good for what it was. Like I after never, uh, them I coming never back dove, after twenty years, I never dove all the way deep into Roseanne. 
Yeah, see, I, I, do, I dove in, uh, like, deep, like, because I watched it, like, growing up when it was airing, like, that, and Home Improvement with Tim Home Allen. Home Improvement like, fucking hilarious, yeah, like, dude. Uh, Tim so Allen. And that that's also on Hulu. Great. And it, it's entirety, so if you're trying to watch that, I'm down to watch Home Improvement. You have it? It's on Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah, all of it. Um, so Hot damn. Yeah. There, there's, we might there's, be in there. So. Saying, there's some stream, like there's some deep cuts on streaming services. Like when people are like, "Oh, I, I have Netflix, so I don't really, I don't, and I don't really use Hulu at all, so I'm not gonna get it." And I was just like, "There's a lot on Hulu yeah. that you're not gonna get at some other places." And people were like, "Well, it has ads," and I was like, "It has ads because you're getting new content. It's not old stuff that's been out and already on home release like you're gonna get with Netflix unless right. they have." original content or they a do. contract with Dude, like they have a CW. lot of original content which because Netflix that's because that's going crazy switch. in the film well, that's what they switch it's to insane. and they also but the whole thing is they're on a tear you, you also got to remember that that original content tag for netflix doesn't really mean they produced it it just means that they bought, bought it the, they bought the rights to be right. able to show it and then they have the exclusive rights, so that gives them the permission to put netflix on it um which is same thing with amazon they do the same cool, thing i guess but but there I mean, are they're some literally just that, purchasing their tag. But not. But they do have like other things, like the Irishman that came out last year from dude, Scorsese that they paid. If you haven't for. seen the Irishman, um, you're fucking missing out, like, dude. And then also, of course, like their so stand-up good. specials, they're they're paying the comedians outright for those. So of course they. they Mr. Can Scorsese hit a big one with. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Irishman. Like, which is weird to me to see Scorsese releasing a film on. A platform after like he spent all a lot of time um not just him a lot of, uh, of I mean, the older directors like railing against streaming services and yeah. other things is like the death of cinema mm-hmm. um, and uh i mean they had to bring joe pesci he had to bring him out of retirement dude that he's been trying to do the irishman How for long now? like 30 years yeah and like so he's, he's had the script he's for 30 had, years he's had all this stuff for a long time planned out like he's been trying he's been working on it for a long time like a lot of those directors from his era like they mo- methodically plot out their projects over many many years before mm-hmm. they and they go ahead and plan, plan out how they're going to shoot it what they're going to do that way when it comes to it they already have the plan and the blueprint to, uh, ready like, to hey, go look, i already know how much it's going to cost to get this done mm-hmm. so are you going to you're going to bankroll me for this project. Right. It's going to be where we got this. I already got the cast. We're good. Yeah, so, we're ready. We've had the cast. And like <laughs> some of the people that are, that were really like good. They, at, like uh, all those actors don't even need to sit down reads, you know, table reads. He uses a lot of the same people. Like it's crazy. You, you look through most of his catalog. He's got it like Robert De Niro. And yeah. I would say at least 85% of his movies. Some, like, uh, like somebody said, uh, I think it was, uh, RDJ, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He, um, I think he said that Gwyneth Paltrow at like a table read, literally w- looked at a paragraph like one one glance and had the whole shit memorized. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, like, like a whole, you know, whole page section paragraph like of dialogue, like, and like she just one glance quickly, boom, memorized. And some people, some people do have that, that type of like some people, recall. Some actors and actresses are just that good. But I like. They get paid be- to be that good as well. Like it's they're paid handsomely. I'm just saying that that's their job. Like the same way as like you know any athlete. Like their job is to be the best at at what they do. So of course you need to be the best at what you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, but so. uh, moving on, uh, what other shows you got coming out? Shows uh, or movies, whichever. 
another another one that's already out the like, on Netflix, which is kind of it's 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 good. Like I I really enjoyed it. I've seen it twice now. Um, it would be the Eurovision Song Contest, the so, the story of Fire Saga. So you've uh, watched it twice now. Yes, I watched it once on my own and then uh, once with uh, Cayman and Sarah. And how was it? I I think it's rather enjoyable. Um, I like to like. Some people, I guess. How is Will's Icelandic accent? It's 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 kind of funny. Like yeah. It's 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 not perfect, and there's times where he like his normal like voice, especially when he starts yelling, come out. Uh, but I w- it didn't really matter as much. Like it was just it was a pretty strong cast across the board. You got Pierce Brosnan in it. Uh, Ra- was it Rachel Rachel McAdams? Rachel McAdams. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she's in Mean Girls. Shout out Mean Girls. Yeah. And then. We got uh, Dan Stevens, who uh, Dan Stevens. yeah, he w- most recently did uh, the show Legion on okay. e- on FX, yeah, and then he also was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast a couple years ago. Oh, um, like he's 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 rather like big, like kind of like he's done Broadway like movies, like he's a British actor, so he, like he's been around, done a lot of stuff, has a pretty good range. Speaking uh, of British. Didn't uh, Josh Gad have a British accent or uh, no? Maybe not a British accent. I know that you said Josh Gad's like character in um, oh, Artemis, Artemis Fowl. Fowl. Yeah, you were like, eh, this is well, like he try. It's because he does like that weird, like gruff voice, which doesn't suit him. Yeah. And, but it, like he doesn't do it all the time. Like he picks and chooses when to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it just didn't make it didn't fit him. Like right. especially knowing that he's. Olaf, and then like, everything he's ever done has just been loud and boisterous. So mm-hmm. it's not really the same when he's like, it's not his style. Trying to be like hardcore. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. You're a, you're a, a whatever you are. I don't even remember. He's a dwarf. Yeah, I think it was or, a dwarf. I don't, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> it, really <laughs> it, doesn't, doesn't. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because uh, it was a subpar film. But yeah, yeah, so like yeah. basically, I've been tr- trying to like kind of put it in like this like Eurovision, like yeah. it's kind of like pop star meets uh, Dewey Cox type yeah. thing. Uh, and ter- but it's not on. I wouldn't say it's on the same level in terms of those movies. Mm-hmm. Just be, like I'd say, it's the movie that you would find on Netflix that just happens to have Will Ferrell and yeah. Rachel McAdams and Pierce Brosnan yeah. and, and like. Dan's like it has a big cast of like across the board, um, but like it and it has like a f- like a few like little like secretive like deep laughs that it hits you with that are just like ha I did not see that coming and that is hilarious like so like I, I would say it's worth the, if you got the time it's worth the watch yeah. um it, like, it's, I need to check it out myself yeah like, it's a, it's a it's a quick one like I can't I think it maybe comes in at like two hours but like it like I said it's, it's an average film yeah it's it's at this point pretty much is movies you don't hear it's rare to hear of a hour and a half movie these days like 90 minute movies just don't exist um what was was he just in a movie where he and his family were up on uh in a mountain yeah down, downhill downhill yeah him and uh Julia Louis Dreyfus dude I did that. I did not get to see that. I heard it was wicked. But I know that it's a remake of a. I think I want to say Swedish movie. Okay. Um, but so yeah. it was an earlier version. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a one from like a few years before. I think like 20, 2015 or something like that that came hmm. out. Uh, okay. That a lot of people say. I think it's Force 
force majeure or something like that. Force majeure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it might be French. Yeah, I don't get, know. Get up on my French. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, but uh, that, that did come out earlier in the year. Didn't get the greatest of reviews. Um, but, you know, not every movie can be a winner. And, nope. But, you know, especially in a, getting in out a there critic and like it. yourself. Also true. You ha- you're a tough critic, I feel. Me? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. I, I, I think I... I'm I wanted to kind of get into this in this podcast because, you know, me, I'm, I guess you consider me just a normal movie I, guy. Yeah. You know? I like things across the board. And uh, I kind of generally say, you know, most movies that I do watch are like, you know, good movies. But, you know, my level of... Uh, skill i guess or um you know general consensus on film is slightly deafened compared to yours because you know you see movies and film and tv differently than i i feel like only because i've spent time to learn how the sausage is made yeah like when you don't know there's like there's nothing wrong with that it actually it makes it it easier for you to just enjoy it for what it is Mm -hmm. like not everything is going to be a masterpiece and not everything is going to be the worst movie ever, which right. I think a lot of people have gotten into the habit of just like, this is the greatest movie ever or this is the worst <laughs> which movie ever. Which I said ever. that a few times. Uh, well, there's, which is, yeah. Again, nothing wrong with that. Like, if that's like honestly your opinion. Like This is the greatest thing I've, that you personally feel like you've ever seen or at the time that like, you feel that way. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Um, I just think that, like, looking at something objectively, like, is something that people kind of don't, like, they, we've gotten into, especially with social media, it makes it easier for people to, like, gang up on others. Like, you don't have the same opinion as me, so and your opinion is wrong because I, me and these group of people believe yeah. this and that. And I've sat in on one of the uh, movie parties where they'll have discussion afterwards, and it's interesting to you know, hear different views and perspectives on minutes, you know, seconds after you're done watching the film. Yeah. Get to discuss it with the people that you just watched it with openly. And sometimes, and sometimes for me, like I I find myself like I've come out, I've come out of a movie and just been like, I need to process this. Like Mm -hmm. I can't just, I I don't know. I don't know how to, how to respond to what I just saw. Um, And, and I think that, like that's what I what makes me enjoy like movies and then and television, um, like they in a sense can be used as like therapy. Um, like there's a movie for everything. There's a TV show for anything that you might be going through or dealing with. Um, well, I could uh, I could definitely see that. Like, I I just feel like <coughs> there's a, there's a lot of themes and different things that like every different type of movie can give you um, to be able to just kind of like give you what you need at the time. Um, and that's why I, like, I, I think like for me, it's, it's hard when someone asks me like, Hey, what, what should I watch? Like, it's hard for me to give someone an answer because like what I might enjoy isn't what you might enjoy. Yeah. What should I watch? I yeah, don't, I don't like, fucking know. And it's, and it's hard. Like, and I don't know. Even like telling someone like, "Hey, I think these are gonna be something that's cool." Like, you might watch the trailer for it, and you're just like, "That looks, that looks boring." Like, yeah. I really haven't been enjoying Hamilton. I've watched it way too many times 
since it's come out on Friday. Which is crazy. Yeah, like, I've seen it like five or six times all the way through. But then again, it's not, not counting the, all the times I've listened to the soundtrack in the yeah. car, too. So. Like, I can see um, where your level of uh, enjoyment was said, you know, film or show. And I kind of feel myself doing that with certain songs because, swear to God, I've listened. I've been listening to the same Fall Out Boy song at least ten times a day for the past like six months. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I do the same thing with music. Like what's in my car is what. Shout like, out Fall Out Boy. Yeah, it's like it's the same thing. Like music, television, like anything. Like because they like these things invoke feelings and like all different types of like emotions that you you don't normally are gonna get from just walking around. Like they're a stimulus in themselves. Yeah. Like, they, they give you it gives you something, dude, you know, and if you're gaining something or, uh, and like, like you can get it from books, like there's all different, like, I think yeah, the, like there's the, all different outlets all these, to, uh, all these different forms of the arts, like they give people an outlet to be able to express themselves mm-hmm. and be it a healthy, unhealthy way. Like it just, it's just what is going on. And I think that there's all different w- ways to be able to, uh, express that stuff and yeah. like movies, television, books, paintings, drawings, whatever it may be, are like s- some of the healthier ways to get that out while also being able to share a part of yourself with your audience um, and also at the same time use your platform to be able to speak out or just speak on anything that yeah. you think is relevant um, at the time for the future in the past mm-hmm. like they can they can be used as a way of reflecting yeah like all that stuff so and something and a lot of people consider you know film art music you know it's timeless and a lot of it in can, some regards yeah and in some stuff like i like, especially with movies uh i do think that a lot of the stuff does fall into the category of it's of its time um which sometimes, uh, as we've seen on a lot of these streaming services lately, especially like uh, the big one was Gone with the Wind um, on yeah. HBO Max being pulled and everyone being up at arms about that. But of course, they weren't they were uh, weren't saying they were pulling it forever. They're going to bring it back, but with a slight like intro prefacing the like racial uh, overtones and things in that movie that are disparaging. Uh, towards black people, of course, and yeah. bad, like, they were bad stereotypes of the time um, that don't necessarily, like, what how we view things today. Right. Um, so they they want to bring it back, but they also want to be able to put that in the beginning and have people talk about it and what's wrong with it so that people do understand that, like, hey, this isn't right. Um, yeah. and because we wanna, a, we, a lot of things are gaining light as far as being controversial. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of people, um, filmmakers, like all types of different stuff, actors within the industry that are that are coming to light. And of course, there's also the big issue of like a lot of the pr- old producers, especially being white male, mm-hmm. being sexual predators, you know, like and using their positions like Harvey bunch Weinstein, of, bunch and, of creeps out there. Yeah, like to use their positions to gain of power to be able to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sh- like, there's been directors in the past, Alfred Hitchcock, like he, like they, there is a history of, in the, in the industry of predatory males, um, especially white males, because let's face it, they're the, they make up the majority of the 
upper echelon of producers and other like directors, things like that. White males are just kind of like the standard in film. Um, and of course that's something that is trying to be changed today, but it's still yeah. slow going. Um, like, cause there was a lot of like, not only, uh, black and, uh, Latino and a whole bunch of uh, like Asian, uh, filmmakers that are doing a lot of great work. Um, these days, like we finally first this year for the first time had a, a foreign film win best picture yeah. like that parasite, that, like, and he is one of the, so like, fucking good. One of the best directors working today in terms Bong of like having yeah has his own vision like you know one of his movies like similarly to like Christopher Nolan like we were talking mm -hmm. um like you know one of his movies when you see it because yep. they have a distinct style they do and they have a distinct voice with with how they the overall present aesthetic it. yeah like they it's they know what they're presenting in their own yeah so um and it's the same way with like a Spielberg movie you can generally tell it has like this kind of like poppy flow to it and Scorsese is usually very winded and has, mm -hmm. has a lot of dialogue scenes yeah. um, uh, one of his movies that I really enjoy a lot Silence. of backstory to uh, add yeah. on to the current yeah so I love Scorsese's style it's, it's a very it's a very like uh, it's a very gritty kind of like it's hard to really describe because um, he I want to say it's almost it's like a gritty guerrilla style of filmmaking that he yeah. kind of pioneered and people have kind of taken and it's become kind of the norm. So I've gotten used to seeing it, but like he's one of kind of the people that kind of pioneered his style that people have just kind of taken over the years and ran with it. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like molded their own yeah, based like, on certain components of his own style. He's had a lot of style. really influential movies over the last 40 plus years mm -hmm. of like behind, being behind a camera. Yeah. Uh, and he's had a lot of chances to like win big awards and that didn't really come his way when they should have. Um, That's like, okay though. Yeah. Uh, it, everything comes in, in due time. Um, but he's done a lot of great movies, a lot of ga like gangster epics and things yeah. of that nature, um, which were really big in the seventies and eighties, like, especially with the popularity of Godfather you know, like, and being Italian. I yeah. Mean, that also helped out. And then also too. having some of the best, the mafia like, cast, like members as well to work with in terms of like De Niro, Pacino, yeah. Joe Pesci, like those it's are like fantastic. his go-tos uh, for pretty much Liotta. everything. Yeah, like yeah, Ray Liotta. Like, come on now. Like he, he's had he's had a lot of great talent to work with, which also helped him, like not only helped them as actors grow bigger, but helped him as a director to like really make a name for himself throughout yeah. the years. Yeah, dude. Who's your favorite director? Um, Do you have one? Honestly, for like. It, it's probably Stanley Kubrick. Um, Stanley Kubrick. Mostly because I... G name some films out there so uh, the people can get familiarized well, with... Uh, uh, this is where... This, if you don't know who Stanley Kubrick you, is, then you are be, just, you go are ahead, just go ahead and just turn this off. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is one of... Like, to me, he kind of defines what modern cinema truly is and what it became. Like, I think he gave... Like, it's the reason that we have film that we do today. Um, yeah. Like he brought us leaps and bounds forward in terms of like technology with film um, and different like special effects that he used. Like one being 2001 A Space Odyssey, like the way that movie is shot, like till to this day, like is still 
just perfect. Like, there's nothing wrong. I don't think with I've seen it. Like these, those, like that that whole setup there, like that Kubrick set. Like he's done some of the greatest movies. Like he didn't have many. Like, and it didn't didn't matter because like he. The thing that like that, what draws me to him mostly is his uh, work ethic and style. Yeah. Like he spent many many years researching different things. Like he had a whole bunch of other films that he researched that he was going to do, but he never re- released them because someone another big director at the time had done something that you know, like similar at the time. So he was just like, well, he's already done that movie. I can't make my movie. Right. So like there was a few movies that he just never did. Um, that probably would have been amazing that he spent all this time mapping out because like every shot in his movie is intentional. Yeah, there's nothing in his Has in the frame that like doesn't have a meaning or a reason for why it is there. Uh, yeah. he, like there's there's a there's a whole bunch of documentaries on on him about that type of stuff. Like there's one Kubrick's boxes. It's just box upon boxes of all of his research, everything like that uh, in a huge warehouse on his Man. property. That's crazy. But like... It, it, so you'd go Stanley Kubrick as your favorite director. Yeah, because he's the reason like he influenced so many of my like other favorite... Like he's me, his he influenced Stan, or Steven Spielberg. Uh, like he passed this, basically passed the torch to Spielberg yeah. before he died and gave him uh, the movie Artificial Intelligence to finish because that was a Stanley Kubrick film. It's the only one of, of Spielberg's movies that doesn't feel like one of his movies, and it's because huh. it wasn't. He was just basically cr- trying, and he had to write the ending for it too because Kubrick didn't finish it. He passed before he could. It, well, but, isn't that crazy, though, having yeah, to write but, the end of some uh, script that's not yours? Yeah, but uh, and on top of that, like having to make it in the vision of the person that you've idolized and the most. Yeah. And then also It'd be a fucking enough, honor. But, but at the same time be had honored. enough like respect of you yeah. to like say that, hey, I'm passing the, this off to you because I believe it's you like have the ability to balance of respect between yeah. the two where he's like, All right, dude, I trust you and I ex- I respect you enough which, to hand you this, but you better not fuck it up. Which which doesn't really happen. Like that's just not something Kubrick did. Right. Um, but there's like there's also a lot of other stuff like uh, that surrounds him, which has been interesting. Like people believe that he was hired by the U.S. government to fake the moon landings and film that. What? Like because mostly because he. Oh, so he was getting a bunch of backlash, eh? Well, it's not really backlash. It was just like like a, like myth mysticism about him that like like he's so good because of t- how good he filmed 2001: A Space Odyssey that they yeah. realized that they could fake film of the moon landing and people wouldn't even know and then they could land on the moon later or whatever blah blah the blah conspiracy theorists yeah bastards but that was well because like but it also didn't help when he made like when he put like nods to apollo 11 on like sw- uh, the sweater of danny torrance and the shining mm-hmm. um i haven't so seen the shining in a long time that that's another great one like a clockwork orange uh, full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Like, I love that film. Like, but that, like, it's that, great. Yeah, that, like, that's so good. That's Stanley Kubrick, and like he like uh, so, and like that's not even including some of his other ones, like Paths of Glory with uh, Kirk Douglas. Uh, that is like a really fantastic war film. Um, I would say Spartacus, but honestly, that was more of just him stepping in and do like filming a movie that Kirk Douglas wanted because 
Kirk Douglas was really the one that was kind of driving that role at the time. Um, so that's the only movie that I personally have watched of his that doesn't feel or look like a Kubrick film. And you know, uh, you know what war film I enjoy most in the recent years? 1917. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. It had uh, some really, really spectacular effects too. I'm pretty sure it's the only one shot film I've ever watched. It's a very, yeah, Folks, like it was it's a, a, it's it was a good, one it's shot. A, it, it like it's a very good. Uh, it was shot in a way to allow them to edit a one-shot movie, and they use special effects to bridge the gaps of some scenes. Um, like especially like when they're sliding great. down into like the trenches and stuff. Like that's going from a real scene to a CGI double to picking up where the other one came yeah. started out. So they do a lot of morphing and things like that to uh, make it work. Was I don't really, know how they really did it. Cool idea to begin with, I think. It was great, dude. Especially seeing it in theaters. Because once, once you movie, once you told me that it was a one shot film, I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's it's a it's a that's a movie you see in theaters. Like, gotta go because see it. it's mostly because like when you're going to see a war film, you're not really going strictly for visuals. Like that's part of it, but it's also for sound design. Yeah. Um, I think that like war films really really need explosive sound and like it needs to be loud for you yep. to like really get the full effect of mm-hmm. like what you're trying to experience with that f- type of film. A lot of veterans were coming out to see it. Yeah. A lot of veterans. Like, uh, like in terms of war films, like my, I would say probably the best war film that I've seen to date would probably still be Saving Private Ryan. Strictly just for the scene, the beginning scene of them crawling that beach in Normandy. Because they, they shot that in in order and they, it was each day of shooting on that beach which i think they spent like two or three weeks to shoot the whole scene <sighs> like Damn. each day was them taking the beach like an inch at a time like <laughs> yeah, because that like to think that crawling you're just on the, crawling on the sand like yeah to think that you're rolling up in boats yeah. on the beach and all along the shore are nothing but concrete and cement bunker like or concrete metal bunkers that the germans have already put in place with yep. giant machine guns that are just wailing down do, on do, you do, 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 yeah, do, do, do. while you're like just fifty Going cal machine crazy, guns huh? while you're trying to run up this beach, <laughs> like that's like so. So that, it took three weeks the, to shoot that opening scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's well, the whole the whole scene is like thirty five minutes like to open up the film, and then it kind of like slows down from there. But it's been the, a, I don't even think I've seen that movie. Like to be that, honest, with that me. opening sequence is one of the like most visceral war sequences I've ever seen and it is some a sight to behold. Like it was huh. something that like it was when Spielberg it. was like really, really getting into his own in terms of like crafting like high quality drama films that weren't just fully kind of I guess what people were more kid centric is what a lot of people thought of him as okay. before uh like Schindler's list and uh I guess the color purple but even, before, even it was mostly the Schindler's List that really put him on the map of being like one of the great, like dramatic directors yeah. that uh, his like I guess his his contemporary like friends and colleagues were already getting that recognition by the Oscars, but they weren't they didn't really care as much for Spielberg because they thought yeah. he was making Dude, a lot of he, well, a lot of big big directors and stuff like that are just not getting those awards. Well, that's because like it, it's how I you think know. a lot of art works. Like most people, you don't see like the you don't academy. See the arti- you don't see the artists when when they're in their prime. You have to. It literally takes time 
to uh, it's the same thing with art like no one cared about Van Gogh when he was painting. It wasn't until after he died that he became famous. Really? Yeah, and that's how hmm. most artists are. Picasso, like, Picasso was able to become famous in his own lifetime just because it was a more modern time. People were being able to travel, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But like most artists, like especially in the Impressionist era, like and during the Renaissance, like a lot of them, no one cared about until after they died, and that, it's just because they were just another. Because that was their legacy that they had left behind. And, and, and then and it, it was something at the caught time on it was also after new. their passing, right? Well, it was just like at the time it was also something new and different that people didn't care about. Like yeah. when those people, when the Impressionist era started, they were still <clears throat> a lot of people that were buying anything just wanted, uh, just I, I guess, realism paintings that were and scener- scenic paintings that were still very popular. Yeah. So it was just a different time, different way. And it's the same thing with movies, like. Uh, if you look at older films, a lot of it reminds me of just watching a play. It's very staged. It's very flat. There's not much dynamics to it. Where, as you start seeing, uh, after I guess Orson Welles and Citizen Kane, like and the way that was shot, people were and even the French, uh, uh, the French, uh, like um, I want to. I guess it was a French Renaissance in filmmaking as well. Mm. Like uh, they they just changed the way movies were being uh, made and how the types of stories that were being told and how they were being told. Uh, so a lot of like the directors like Spielberg, De Palma, Scorsese, um, they came in watching a lot of that stuff and then bringing that to the U.S. and then changing Having, the having their twist on it. Yeah, it, it was just... And incorporating was, older styles into a newer style and so on because... It's kind of like to. now your new director is like my favorite director is fucking Tarantino. Well, well uh, yeah, Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino is a genius. He is a very interesting fellow. Uh, yeah, I I, re- I really I I respect him for his love of cinema because everything he does is paying homage to something that he personally loves, like some certain aspect of cinema. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's why like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is really his love letter to Hollywood and then also like that era, the 60s, with, um, and a lot of the movies that he really enjoys come out of that era as yeah. well. Like he really loves black exploitation films, so of course he went ahead and made Jackie Brown, yep. which in itself is a, almost a playoff of Foxy Brown, using the same lead in Pam Greer. Yeah, um, like fantastic movie, like Samuel L. Jackson in that one too. Like it, it's really good. I uh, mean, like, when you when you're regularly that. getting Samuel L. You're a boss. Yeah, well Samuel L. He's he's kind of like Nick Cage in the sense that like if you got the money. And you're willing to pay him, he's going to be in it because he's not going to pass up a job. Right. Because the time, it, like his philosophy is, as soon as you start passing up jobs, that's when they stop coming. And like, to be honest with you, that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment. Yeah. You don't, and I mean, if the if the wheels are still turning and burning, then yeah, why like, not? He's made hundred over a hundred movies because he's willing to put in the work, keep working, and like still making movies. great films. Yeah, a lot of them. Like, there's some. There's even one on Netflix with uh, Brie Larson called The Unicorn Store. I haven't seen that one yet. It's a it's a real weird movie, but it's very interesting, very fun. Check that one out, folks. Yeah, tell Um, me what it's like. Send me a uh, send me some uh, some more questions. Uh, The email is counterleftpod at gmail dot com. Also follow the Twitter at counterleftpod. I'm having fun, Randall. You having fun? Always and forever.
I like doing these podcasts, man. That's the most important thing. That you're right. having fun. That's right. So I haven't finished the Hateful Eight extended version yet, but thus far, I like it more than the movie. Which I like. It's one of those things. Like I, I he does a lot of that stuff. Like the Hateful Eight. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like a six or seven hour version of it out there. Which um, is, I think, is what is the extended version is. The extended, I believe, is close. It's like five hours. Because or you're getting like that. the different dynamic in within the movie itself, in the story. Because you're actually getting to, you know, see them put up the stakes when they get to uh, the haberdashery, and you're actually getting to see them bust open the door from the outside in, still yeah. having the same dialogue from the original film, where it's just shot differently. And you're getting different dynamics and different uh, from similar from the similar scenes. I guess the like what made I really want to see the stage play that it, that it started out as because they started out as a workshopping it as a play, and then it became and then he decided to shoot it as a movie years later because it was like a like he Tarantino does like weird things where like he got all these actors together and it's like hey let's do this play and then just performed it a couple times uh, like for. Just some random people. Yeah. Um, and then, like, he's, he's also done, done, like, Kill Bill, where there there's, like, an hour of Kill Bill that very few people have ever seen, and they only got to see it one time when he played all of it together. Because Kill Bill is, is, to him, is one movie, mm-hmm. and it was, like, a one five-hour movie or something like that, and he cut, like, an hour out of it and yeah. then put turned them into two volumes to I release I fucking love that. Kill Bill. Yeah, so like there's so there's good. a version of Kill Bill, the full version where it's just Kill Bill that very few people have seen um, because he only showed it one time, I believe, at like South by Southwest, which is sad because like he could probably, if he really wanted to, release that version and people yeah. would eat it up, even though they already own definitely the, the, uh, the other two copies. People so. would eat that shit up even more. Yeah, like that. Like people want. That type of stuff. Like I, I, I bought Apocalypse Now again just so I could get the final cut that uh, was just done by Coppola. What the hell is Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now is it. So it's been parodied as like Tropic Thunder and stuff, but it, it, at the time it was like pitched as the greatest war epic movie to ever be made. It had a huge, like it had a lot of production issues and like that that dragged it out forever. Like there's a documentary called Heart of Darkness, which like which was filmed by his wife at, um, while they were doing that. That basically deep dives into the madness that they all put themselves through, like spending all this time making this movie in the Philippines. Uh, it it's is wild. Yeah, it's a it's an insane movie. Um, it's been like recut before as Apocalypse Now Redux, where it became an hour longer than the original version. Hmm. Um, and now he, when they d- went back and actually for the first time ever, um, or restore it, they restored it to the 4K version from the original negatives, which had never been done even for the Blu-ray. They didn't do that for whatever reason. Right. Um, and they have, he Sounds went, like he went back one, in and uh, did a final cut. And he's now like Coppola after all, he was like, this is the final cut, best version of the movie. It's longer than the theatrical original from 79, but shorter than the Redux that came out in, like, 2001. So, Like, here you go. Yeah. This is the best I got. And I, I've, <laughs> I've watched all three versions. Like, the final cut, honestly, really does 
do the movie the most justice. Like it flows the best. It uses the scenes that were added that from to the original film perfectly. I would say so. They're not too long. Where some of them, some of the scenes like the French dinner and all that stuff that were a little too long and drawn out, and the redux that weren't in the original film are just right. And it just ke- it keeps the flow of the movie going. But right yeah, on. like there, there's a lot. I'll of have stuff. to check it out. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like. If you uh, haven't Michael seen Doug, it out Michael there, Douglas folks, check it had out. Had a heart attack, or no? Apocalypse Now. Yeah, no, it's not Mike, Michael Douglas. Is it Michael Douglas? I know the name Michael Douglas. Is it, or see that, or no? It's uh, maybe it might be Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Where's Charlie Sheen? He was doing pl- Platoon. <laughs> what the fuck's Platoon? It is an Oliver Stone movie. Uh, it's got Willem Dafoe. It's a Vietnam, another Vietnam War movie. Oh. So it's also a good war movie. It's good, you know the famous shot of. The guy getting shot, he like falls to his knees and gets shot up a hundred times. I think well, so. Yeah, like Willem Dafoe. Does it, uh, either way, it's over there. It's too. a good one. Yeah, uh, okay. it's one of, one of the better war movies as well. Um, war movies, are, uh, I don't know. I've, I really, I really like them, um, yeah. especially ones that like it's that are done at the time. Uh, like Apocalypse Now was done was being filmed and put out during the Vietnam War. Or or at least like a few years afterwards. Like okay. so it was still of that time. It was yeah. raw. It was fresh in people's minds. Whereas like Full Metal Jacket and like Platoon done late eighties, early nineties. Like Platoon done in the nineties. Um Full Metal Jacket might have been in the early nineties. I think it was, was, was ninety yeah, two, ninety three. Yeah, it was the mid nineties movie as well. Something like so, that. So like they had a little, there was a little bit more time for the public opinion to change and not be so sour towards the idea of doing a, like because the U.S. government didn't like the idea of Apocalypse Now. That's why we couldn't film. They couldn't. Why? Film because they felt here. as though it was, it was exploiting it. Well, because we didn't. They didn't see it as a pointless war, especially as the military side of things. Because they needed to use military vehicles to film the movie, and mm-hmm. our military wasn't going to help them. Like, like look, especially we need if them. you're giving a negative view of the Vietnam War in terms of what it was because we didn't want to show a negative side of the war. No, we can't give you our trucks. Not at that time. (laughs) We can't give you our guns. Sorry. So instead they went to the Philippines and partnered with the Philippine government and used their helicopters and all that stuff. Like, yeah, we got got loads of it. Yeah. Come on over. It was was crazy. But yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, like war movies I've always found kind of interesting. Um, because you can Inglorious Bastards. Well, that, that Tarantino. Itself, yeah, like, Tar- that's Tarantino. Like the, I like Tarantino when he plays with history. Like that's why I, I enjoyed uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, like he is spinning movie. his own version of history, which uh, like it makes it fun, playful. It's an original story, mm-hmm. while also kind of like like, hey, this this could have been real. Yeah. Like, could have been Inglorious Bastards is a it's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. It. it I don't uh, mind that film being lengthy either. Uh, and then, uh, what's his name? Are you talking about um, Christoph Waltz? Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Like, cause it, that was his first. That was actually his first movie. And he uh, apparently, Tarantino he, said he just walked in and just busted it out. Yeah, like he it was just like, like, he was whoa, a, like he, this guy is insane. Very much so. Like he 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 came from acting because he start, he speaks like six languages. Yeah, I think he's from like Sweden or somewhere around there, yeah. or Finland. But he he was a, mostly a TV actor over there, 
Um, and then Tarantino just kind of is like, hey, plucking you out. I, you want this role? You got it. And he got in, and he's been kind of hitting the ground ever since. Like, he won he won an Oscar for that role. You got and him and in that? You got him in Django? Yeah, and then he won for Django, too. <laughs> like, he got nominated for both. Back Knockout role. Yeah, both of them. Knockout role. He did a great job. Fantastic job. So I enjoyed... That that's just why like I enjoy Tarantino movies because they always leave me just like speechless almost. I'm just like, damn, that was so good. Like he's 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 a fantastic. Like he knows like he knows cinema intimately, which I think allows him to imitate what he has seen to a level that is equal to or greater um, than. And like a lot of people. Uh, complain like yeah he's just copying like shots from other movies and using things like and to him like the greatest form like form of flattery is is copying like he like to him it's paying homage to what he he really enjoys and likes um like Django is basically a spaghetti western film which were very popular for him Mm -hmm. uh uh Sergio Leone which who doesn't love a, a good old spaghetti western? Good old good old western movies made over in Italy because yeah. they were out of sorts here and but they were really cool because they were hyper violent. Um, so we end up with the man w- the man with no name series with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The mule, like like more recent. Are, it's a genre that at the time was probably considered kind of like pulpy and just not cool i guess sure uh but cool is a good word i guess oh yeah it it was some <laughs> it was pulpies probably like, like pulpy. pulpy yeah like it's it was it was more of a genre they were genre films that mm-hmm. like people went to midnight showings to see and it wasn't the big like disney or like big studio universal yeah. uh movies it wasn't the scorsese yeah <laughs> basically the basically. scorsese blowout <laughs> so because I mean, Scorsese comes big. Yeah, I, I think I think Tarantino just uh, he does a great job of turning the the genres that aren't aren't popular or movies that weren't as like I guess as classy or elegant into a greater work of art. Um, he he tur- he finds a way to turn B R- B movies into A movies like real quick. Like B scripts into just A plus plus. Like he. He just has an eye. He has an eye for cinema. Like he know he knows what th- how something should look, how to shoot it, and he spent a lot of time researching and becoming uh, like as knowledgeable as possible with movies. Like he's mm-hmm. one of the directors that has been on the forefront of saving film as a medium as a whole. Like along I'm a firm with, believer uh, in that Spielberg and uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, they still 100% shoot their movies in film. They don't use digital. Mm-hmm. Like it, so, they had to buy the Kodak factory. It's like five directors that got together to buy the Kodak factory, Damn. just so they can continue to making film for them to film movies on. That's crazy. So, it, 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 speaking it, of um, Christopher Nolan, I wanted to get into uh, yeah, yeah we, he's got that coming um, out this summer. Yeah, well, maybe it was maybe. supposed to come out this summer. It July, was, yeah. July 7th was the original release date. I believe so. Um, so yeah, we would technically have already seen it. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, or was the, it was the 7th or the 10th. It was, it was coming out this week, one way or the other. Yes. This week was supposed to be tenant's release. Then they moved it to the 15th of July. Then it became July 31st. Then 
now I think it's August 12th or August 31st. It's sometime in August Sometime now. in August, yeah, is the set release date. Go ahead. Randall's going to step out and uh, take a bathroom break. We having fun. It's just me. Yeah, boy. If you're enjoying this episode, uh, feel free to hit me up. Uh, my Instagram is O-V-O-S-V-T-T. Shoot me a follow. Of course, I'll let you in on my world. Got some cool photos. All right. So, yes. Tenet. Yes, Tenant. Oh, oh my gosh. If you haven't seen the trailer, folks, uh, the movie's going to be insane. The best way I can put it, which we were talking about it before we got on the podcast, is going to be a similar film to Inception. Yeah, and like there are a lot of people that are based on the little bit that Christopher Nolan has given us through visuals because he mm-hmm. never wants to tell you anything going on with story. Nope. Because uh, he likes to keep that secret and... Under wraps. Yeah, and fun and part of the mystery of it all. Like uh, There are a lot of people that are even considering this to maybe even be a secret sequel to Inception, which would be kind of cool. Um, it just seems like it's in the same realm. So from the most recent time. from the most recent trailer I've seen, it looks like uh, what it's David Washington, right? Uh, Denzel, it's Denzel's son. Yes. Um, and but he he, it looks like he has a, a special ability where everything is moving in reverse for him, or some s- things are moving in reverse to him um, while he's still moving forward in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really weird. I, like, I still don't fully understand what what's going on. In Nor it. do I'm, I. I'm more intrigued by it than anything else. Mm-hmm. Just mostly because it's a Christopher just Nolan just movie. from the concept alone. And like he hasn't re- he hasn't done anything since uh, Interstellar. Nope. Or no, no, that's a lie. Dunkirk. Right. Dunkirk. Was oh yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah. Dunkirk. That's Another a, war movie. Another war movie. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll uh, there. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm not skeptical. I'm more so just intrigued, like you said, about uh, seeing what the fuck it even, what's going on. Yeah, I really, you know? I have no idea. It just, like it's just got some really funky looking visuals that remind like, me it's of. It's not Inception. even the same time, time skip, time loop, uh, like warped world that they live in in Inception. You yeah, know? it's it's something way different. I feel it, it has like to it, be, like but it, something on uh, in the same realm of like time being warped and like loopholes and stuff like that like time is definitely moving in reverse for him around him while he's moving forward but i don't know if it's an ability that he can control right or if it's just like something that happens or if all of his life is experienced that way based on whatever like is there another trailer or maybe or if like there's like to a die to become whatever he is yeah like, or maybe if there's a backstory like he and his family were like a part of the Inception world, and like somehow in early age he got lost along the way, and uh, or in and or developed some sort of powers uh, pertaining yeah. to the Inception world. Be very, it's, it's, it'll be very interesting once they find. It's a good hypothesis. Up. Yeah, you know, yeah, something to go on. So, because I've seen the trailer a few times and it's it's Honestly, more interesting every time. I guess if any of you guys out there have anything, you know, leave some comments. Like, hey, yeah. this is what I think this is this is gonna maybe be as like, let us know. Are you feeling tenant? Are you not feeling it? Is there something else on your radar that we might have missed and you wanted to hear us talk about? We can rearrange and redo all types of stuff all the time. So yeah. you know, drop a like, comment, 
subscribe. That's right. And then, uh, you know, send send uh, some some love Brandon's way. Send some love Randy's way. No, nah, y'all don't need no love. No? <laughs> you don't need no love? No, no. Well, you know. But uh, anything else you want to talk about, bud? Maybe next time we can, like, curate and just specifically talk about a certain person or genre or... Yeah. Definitely uh, let us know what else you would like to uh, hear us talk about. Yeah, like I will be checking the email. I'll be getting some... Uh, I usually get texts from like, like my friends and stuff like uh, about the show. Let us, funny. let us know what your favorite mo- some of your favorite movies are. And, and if you got reasons why, you can include that too. We, can, yeah. you know, we might get around to reading some of them on the air as well at some point. Also, if you have some counter arguments about some of the things that we were discussing in this podcast, yeah. please... Don't hesitate to let us know. No, let us know. We can get, we can bust them down, and we can, we can bust break them down. It down and like no name drops, no yeah. name drops. We're, like, it's strictly business around here. Doesn't matter like, if you have if you have a, a, an opinion or like a, a view on something that is relevant to you, and yeah. you saw that I might not have seen or Brandon might not have seen when we're watching something, Which because I tend we might to not miss. be privy. Certain things, uh, certain things, or we may not have experienced certain things in our lives that even have clicked with us to be able to even resonate um, with what we saw in a certain way. Absolutely, um, we'd love to hear what your thoughts and opinions are as well. Because please you know, let us know. I think it's very important that we all uh, let people know how we view things. If we yeah. see things differently, it's it's it is, it's not a bad thing to. Which is be, the beauty and why I started a podcast. Yeah, was to just give my opinion also to give others that platform to be able to express their own and in an open and free environment and, and not feel judged or persecuted for it. And for me, like I think it's got like this art form in itself is and especially with its with fans and fandoms has kind of gotten away um, from how it should be how it should be seen as art and art is subjective. It's what you see. And uh, not everyone is going to have the same, like, see the same thing or have experienced or felt the same thing yeah. from it. So and that's okay. It's important to share those different things so we can all grow as people and Definitely. gain new perspectives yeah. on just everything. So, I don't know. I think, I think the, there, like, there's a lot out there. G- get out there. Experience some of it. I know ex- streaming services are getting more and more expensive as more and more come Definitely. along. And we know there's a lot of you fucking couch potatoes out there yeah, I'm just that are just chilling like, and yeah. watching nothing but uh, these streaming devices and services and stuff like that. So there's a lot of new shit, a lot of new content there's out there. Of, there's a lot of gems out there, too. Yeah. And like there's some streaming services that people are forgetting about, even though Amazon has the crappiest u- like user interface of any of the systems. And you can't For, even search. Uh, Prime Video? Yeah, and you can't even search anything because it doesn't actually work searching it unless you know the, the title of an episode for whatever reason. Prime Video. Yeah. Get it together. Get, get, you're Amazon. You have money. Get yourself together. Mr. Bezos? Yeah. What are you doing, you sir? Have, they have a lot of really good content that's like buried deep in their UI. If you get, have the time to go look through it, there's a lot of good movies, anime, TV, yeah. everything. So Quick anime. Uh, you know about my friend Joe that uh, I got into Naruto? Mm-hmm. I got him into anime through Naruto. And uh, all my Naruto fans, what's up? <laughs> um, I was trying to get him into anime for like a few years, dude, and he just wasn't having it. Every time I'd talk about like any sort of anime, he just like, whatever. I don't even really care. It's, uh, but I got him into Naruto, and he just fell in love, dude. He just found a love for... Uh, and now I got him watching... Uh, he watched all Naruto, Shippuden, and uh, and he's watching... Uh, he watched Boruto, and he's watching... Uh, right now, he's watching um, Bleach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
They're definitely their, of their era together. Yeah. Like, honestly, at this point, it's almost impossible to get into One Piece if you <laughs> if yeah. you didn't start, like, a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> yeah, all my One Piece fans like, stand up. Like, yeah, One, one Piece, that. by That's many, one is considered the shows. greatest adventure, like, story ever told. Um, yes. But, yeah, so there, there's a lot of good stuff in that, too. I think yeah. it's... It's a genre that you know requires uh, you your understanding of the person that you're trying to sh- get into it because mm-hmm. there there is a there is an anime for everyone definitely like, you can, there is a and anime genre show get on your Crunchyroll status if you haven't another stream of service to add to the pile yeah so I mean if you if you're kind of looking towards more of the uh, Amazon Prime and Hulu have really good selections already which yeah. a lot of it you can also find on Crunchyroll kind of in between the two yep. and then some and then Netflix, Netflix kind of also has, has a, they have quite their a own few. bunch and then if you have a VPN uh, just hop on Netflix and go to Japan and then you could have all of the anime you could ever think of shows that never even make it here even though they should yep. and all types of stuff so yeah, That's another all the anime it. fans drop me some, uh, send me some fan love, send me some uh, anime memes, some Naruto memes. Send, send him everything. Send me everything. Send me some fan mail. All right, yeah, uh, you ready to wrap this one up? Yeah. Um. Again, thanks for always for having me. Sorry if it was a little Definitely. longer than it than it should have been or could have no. been. It's all good. I always enjoy having you on the show, dude. Yeah, like I said, uh, next time we'll be a little less impromptu and maybe we'll have a, a something put together. Yeah, a little bit more. So well, this was kind of on the spot too. Kind of I mean, hey, we just dr- jotted down a few things and just went with it. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, which is kind of what we did with uh, Devin. Well, I literally had two questions written down and, and then it went for an hour and 15, you know? It happens. <laughs> yeah, it does happen. Anyways, thanks again, Randall. You're the bomb.com. Uh, thank you guys out there for tuning in. Per usual, it is your boy, Sadie Patty, checking out Countered Left, episode five. Peace.